Welcome to Living in a Material World, and I'm your host, David Parada. Today's guest is Shaman Durek, our celebrity shaman, amazing author of many books. His last book, Spirit Hacking, was one of my favorite during pandemic. And Shaman's also a very dear friend of mine, but I'm so thankful for him to be on the show. We're going to talk about a few different things, but what is redefining wellness in today's world? Because so many people look at wellness in so many different ways, but you're an expert in the field, and I want you to tell our viewers and followers what your kind of expertise in the field is. Give us a little bit about your background as well for people that don't know who you are. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm Shaman Durek. I'm a sixth-generation shaman, and I've spent my life since I was a kid discovering ways to optimize human potential that represents everything from how we take care of ourselves internally and externally. I also have a degree in health education and have spent most of my life traveling the world, meeting with different people, going to different countries that have been in war or have had conflict, doing conflict resolution, helping people understand how to put the power back in their hands and managing an understanding of what true wellness is. To me, how I would define wellness is wellness is realness. And a lot of times we're told that if we follow these different trends and these different ideas that people are doing in, in social settings or what they do on Instagram or what someone is telling you to put in your system or whatever, that because one person is doing it or a bunch of people are doing it, that it must be right for us. And literally, that causes a lot of complications. So a lot of the things that when I speak on wellness boards and speaking around the world, I talk about wellness as realness to the point of understanding your authentic signature of what actually works for you versus what you're being told by consumerism or whatever someone else is saying that you should be doing and really getting to know yourself, getting to know your body, getting to know your skin, getting to know, you know, what foods are right for you, what exercise is the best one for you, what type of lifestyle actually governs you to be in your optimized position with your life. I love that. Not only have you helped so many people, but you're also an author of many books. I just, over the pandemic, I read your newest book, which is Spirit Hacking. And I read it, but then I put it also on my um, CarPlay in my car to listen to it when I was driving to the desert. And I would re-listen to it over and over again because I felt like it was just, it hit me in all the directions I needed to during what we were going through in the world. And I thought after focusing on so many different wellness kind of trends, I thought I would get better and better, but I always hit this wall and then I have to start up again. But when I read your book, I understood what was happening. And sometimes I even like before this conversation, like this past week, and I had a, a breakdown, my first breakdown in a long time after turning 45, I literally was in like a fetal position, didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to find that book again and go back to my notes because I felt like the world was attacking me again and I was like so vulnerable and I feel like I listened to you when I get to that state so I did try every trend like ayahuasca and you know microdosing and all these different things but nothing truly helps me until I feel strong and my foundation is back which none of those trends really have helped me as much as reading your books wow thank you yeah, you know, like so for me, it's like I have to just get stronger again. It's my foundation, and I think you're right. It's your authentic signature. You forget your authenticity. You forget truly who you are, and then you get lost. And that happens to me a lot sometimes. 
So what do you tell your clients and your tribe when they're lost and they've tried everything to just go back inside and focus on their true authenticity? Or what is your advice? So first off, before I give that information to you, first of all, we want to acknowledge that you didn't have a breakdown. You had a breakthrough. (laughs) Thank you. Right. Because the key element to any transformational position that we take in life, no matter if we do ayahuasca or microdosing or whatever it may be, and there's a lot of things out there that can support and help an individual through, you know, mental uh, calamities that are showing up right now in our world where people don't have the emotional intelligence or the position to be able to understand the onslaught of these different energies that we're dealing with on a day to day. And so really, when it comes down to it, what we want to look at, and what I usually say to people who come to me, is understanding what types of things have you created in your life that have become so much of a burden as it has become something that is more joyful, playful, open, expansive, and allowing the flow of good things to move through you. You see, there's an old saying in shamanism where we say that sometimes your task can become your burden because you've taken on things that aren't really in alignment with your soul. So the key element is about feeding your soul, providing for your soul, nurturing your soul, being present with energy and realizing, wait, maybe having dinner with this group of people is actually more toxic than it is supportive. Or being in this relationship is more draining and I have more expectations on me than it is for me feeling like I'm having someone fill my cup. You see, there's a point where we have to realize that the masculine energy that we've been holding on the planet A lot of times people think it's more feminine when you're giving so much to everyone, but it's actually a masculine distortion. Masculine energy is about holding space and the feminine energy is about being able to flourish and be able to expand within that space that's being held. When there's a masculine distortion, what happens is we tend to give more than we are allowing ourselves to take in and receive. And so we create dysfunctional energy frequencies that are more aggressive than nurturing. And this is one of the things that I share a lot with people because what happens is when you're in that state, you will crawl, you know, curl up in a ball. You will feel like, does anyone really care about me and like what is happening with the world? And that will affect you as well. Anything that's being broadcast through media that is fear-based will also affect you because your sensory system is not going inward. It's going outward. That's exactly what was happening to me. I was like, oh my goodness, I was going to speed dial you. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to bother him. (laughs) You can speed dial me anytime you like when you're going through things. You're my love. Oh, thank you so much, Derek. So, you know, I was actually, you know, with the way the world is today, like I was listening to one of your Instagram lives and I thought it was really amazing how your stance is with like vaccinated and not vaccinated and all that kind of stuff. Because I have a few dear friends in the wellness space that I help them sell their products that believe in not getting vaccinated because of issues that they've encountered in the past and health. And I loved your stance on everyone should do what makes them comfortable and what makes them happy. 
And I think, you know, I hear it from different people in my office. They're so aggressive on what they believe. And it was the first time I heard someone really openly say, everyone should decide what's best for them. Because all I've been hearing is the back and forth. And I'll be honest, I traveled a lot during the summer and I always feel so protected. And I did not one second feel unsafe. I am vaccinated, but I did not feel safe getting on planes. I did not feel safe traveling all over Europe. I did not feel unsafe. And nothing happened. I came back, was tested in every city, every country I was in. And I came back so healthy, maybe not mentally healthy, but physically I was really healthy. <laughs> but I think it was just like, you're right. All of these toxic energies and people out there, that just like the media and all of that. I just f- found your stance to be very refreshing. I think we need a little bit more refreshment and a little bit more ease and grace when there's so much tension and so much pressure placed on people. I also find the fascination on human nature that every time there's some type of crisis or something, everyone immediately feels that they have the right to tell someone else what their opinions are as far to, you know, to state that for the individual person of what they should do versus asking the person, you know, how they can best support them. You know, there's a lot of people who are afraid of getting vaccinated. Um, A lot of people are using vaccination as a tool for their anger of dealing with the whole COVID situation that has taken place on the planet. A lot of the restrictions they felt, a lot of the changes they didn't like of their, let's say, their luxuries, the things that they're used to having being taken away from them can draw up a lot of frustration and anger. And isn't it a greater purpose for people to use the whole vaccination thing as an opportunity to lash out on those that they feel are not in align to what they're doing or listening to what they're saying? And what we have to understand as individuals And this is one of the greatest gifts that creation has given us, and it's called free will. And no one has the right to impede or to stampede on someone's free will of choice, no matter what the circumstances are. And everyone has a right to choose what's right for them. That being said, a lot of people are utilizing the whole COVID as a political gamut of saying, well, it's the right wing, it's the left wing, when it, politics have nothing to do with it whatsoever. And people are also using it as an opportunity to basically claim if other people love them and care about them, if they don't get vaccinated, then you don't care about me, so I don't want you in my life anymore. I've seen many families have dispositions with other family members where they've kicked them out of the family, they stop talking to them, friends can't talk to people. So we have to really understand that this isn't about anything of those matters. What this is about is a system that wants to continually invoke fear and control over the masses. And we've seen this throughout history played out in many different types of arenas. And now it's just playing itself out again because it's unresolved and it's still a broken system. But what we do have to gain at this time is compassion. We have to give more kindness, more generosity, more gentleness, more nurturing if we are going to survive as a species and thrive. Survive as a species. That's something that I keep getting scared about, thinking about where the direction of the world is going. How much longer will we be here? as a species. I know the planet will be here, but I think you're right. All this anger and energy. And now this is why I was in fetal position. I keep thinking about all the problems of my clients, my, (laughs) 
<laughs> everyone's problems. And I was like, oh, God, I always like stay in my little bubble, my little apartment. I stay in here and I hibernate. And I'm like, peace. <laughs> you know, and that's okay. I mean, just like there's monks in, in different parts of the world who sit in caves and just focus on love for humanity, but they don't get involved. Because you have to understand human beings are experiencing discord right now because there's a duality that needs to be nurtured back into its original position, which is synergy, which is us not being in division with each other. And that system gains a lot for us being in division with each other. It gains profit, it gains power, it gains political position, it gains war to make more money. So it's the more discombobulated and the more disenfranchised a human being is, the easier it is to instill rules and ideas that would give them the power to do whatever they want. As I said in my book, in the chapter, Don't Trust Your Government, it, there's a section that talks about Caesar and how Caesar said, give them cheap bread and give them the gladiator arena and they'll never know what the republic does. And this has been used throughout politics for a very long time on world government issues, world leaders, world affairs. And the people who are running these gamuts are utilizing these stunts, or should I say fire drills, as a way to see how much of the population is easily put into fear and at what level of fear. And then, of course, that's calculated so then they can see how they can position people to go along with whatever documents or whatever they want to push forward in society. I mean, you've seen it with the 9-11. You know, George Bush was so quick to say, OK, we have to go to war because all the people were disenfranchised and discombobulated. And everyone was like, yes, let's go to war. Let's get them back. You know, that's our first reign of action. And what did that lead to? It wasn't about anything about war with the country. It was more about gaining oil position. So again, we have to really understand things, not by keeping our heads under a rock or a stone and hiding away, but also be aware of what's happening on our planet. We do have a tyranny of how do we say manipulation taking place and we just need to know how to navigate it that's one of the reasons why i wrote the book was to give people ways to understand and navigate through this time but maintain a level of balance harmony and love within their hearts through this process and this process lasts a long time i mean we i talk about the blackout in the book the blackout is from what um, spirit has told me the reason why i wrote the book is about a 15 to 20 year cycle that means that we have, we are at the beginning stages of this blackout. So we've got some time to be going through a lot of stuff. And so the best thing we can do right now is self-care. Self-care is so important. And I think it's one of the most important regimens of how we are going to thrive through these times. Talking about self-care, which is the world I live in, beauty and self-care, everyone must know, because your skin, you're always glowing. What is Shaman Durek's self-care ritual every day? I'm dying to know what it is that keeps his skin looking so dewy and delicious. <laughs> That's so sweet. I'm flattered. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, for me, um, I get up. So, I, you know, one of the things that I loved about Audrey Hepburn and also Grace Kelly was that they would talk about how the greatest way to maintain beauty 
is to keep things as natural and organic as possible. So one of their regimens was ice cold water splashes 10 to 20 times in the face in the morning. Basically, you know, tapping the face to get the, the blood flow into the skin and utilizing any type of products that you put on your face with minimum chemicals. So you want to have things that are much more conducive to your system, to your fascia and your face, because your igmentary system is an organ and it needs to be treated like anything else you would put in. If you're going to put poison in your body, it would break down your organs after a while. Well, it's the same thing of putting it on your skin. So my regimen is always based on the cold water splashes in the morning. I take, I do the rollers, the, the jade rollers. I pat my face and I put a very light type of oil or if I use a cleanser, I don't use it every single day because I want my natural emollients and oils to come out of my sebaceous glands that balances my body so that I don't have like dry patches here and T-zone areas here. And I've noticed that when I was living in Italy, I loved buying these big canisters of olive oil and just slathering it all over my body. And then I would do that every day. That's why my skin is baby soft. And then I would take, you know, exfoliation and add that into my routine, but not exfoliating every day because then it's just basically making the skin go, well, why are you exfoliating me when I have no dead skin cells? So again, you want to wait for your body to produce that and get rid of that. And I don't take showers every single day. And I, I learned this because I noticed that when people wash their face, they use washcloths and they scrape their face with it. And that I'm not into, I believe, using your hands, moistening it, you know. And if you're going to use a towel on your face, you pat dry. You don't rub your body with a towel because what you're doing is you're raking your skin. Now, there are uh, ways for you to keep getting the toxins out of your skin, which I use, which is called dry brushing. So I do a lot of dry brushing to get the toxins out. And drinking lots of water or eating really healthy. If you feel like your skin is irritated, do cucumber water, add some lemons in it. You can add some strawberries, you know, just really get your face. Use some aloe vera on your body as well. I would go get an aloe vera plant and cut it in half and use natural aloe vera. If you have a product that you use, use it, make sure it doesn't have so many chemicals. And, you know, I think with acknowledging that level of care that has given me where I don't get blemishes, I don't get pimples. I don't think I've had a pimple, I think, since I was a teenager. And I used to have really bad acne as a kid. And that's why I spent so much time learning about my skin. I actually literally went and worked for this place called Origins and the Body Shop just so I could learn about all these products and what they're doing. And then I started finding chemicals and this. I started researching the chemicals. And then I was like, wait a second, I don't need this. I just need a simple oil. And that's just enough for my face. And my friends make fun of me all the time, but I always go flawless, which is my signature of having really good skin. And it's paid off. You know, I... If I feel like I need to go to a facialist, I go once a month and that's pretty much it. And I'm very particular about my products. I like products that are unique. I like products that have very little chemicals that focus on wellness, focus on spirituality, focus on some level of heart and connection. So when I look for people who create products, I look to see are they bringing that level of spa 
care. I used to I used to work in a spa in New York City and I was the person doing all the wraps and all the body mud things and you know and everything and I only went and studied that because I wanted to learn about the body and skincare and all these things. And I think it's sexy when you touch someone's body and it's not like dry and hard and it's soft and supple and you know, I just want to roll around in people and like who have that, you know, that care. And I'm very much about, you know, maintaining that for myself as well, especially when it comes to colognes and perfumes and things, you know, I look for things that are much more real versus things that were put into it and sold on cheap shelves and, and department stores. So I'll go and spend 500 bucks on a bottle of perfume because it suits me to have something that is much more cared for where they're actually going out and farming out, you know, farming and getting the different oils and getting the different scents and really bringing those different levels and those base levels, because I believe that's a form of self-love for me. And self-love is very important. Well, I'm sure everyone's trying to know what you're, what the face oil you're using is currently. Can you share that or we don't, or they can go to your, one of your podcasts or you can tell them there. <laughs> you know, it's, Funny, but I switch off. So I've been using my friend Nadine Artemis, her company, which is Living Libations. And I got into her products because we became good friends. And then I started researching her facility and looking at the stuff that she's doing. There's also another person. It's another amazing woman who's created a line. It says love on the bottle and there's all these different things. It's beautiful. But I'm always looking for new products. I'm a product whore. I really am. And I'm always looking to see, because I love body things, I love scrubs, I'm looking for new things that I can add. Like when I go to your house, I get so jello of all your colognes and all your soaps <laughs> and all your... I'm going to send you everything. I have a whole bunch of gorgeous, like natural perfumes that are stunning, new body that's all natural and... The one thing that from doing all this wellness and stuff, I've gotten really into like just anything that's super clean and efficacious and sustainability and people really putting their heart and soul into what they do because that's what I always do for work. So I only want to work with those types of brands. So I'm going to send you a big box to your house of all these goodies for you to try to have there. Oh, amazing. Yeah, because like literally when I go into your bathroom, I'm jello, but I'm also like, wow, this guy is really sexy. Because I've seen this and people who actually really pay attention to their self-care, you know, and I've always been that person. I've always manicured my nails. I'm always, you know, everything is always like cut and trimmed and, you know, and scraped and pulled because I like to feel that level of, of self-care for myself. And sometimes people think I'm crazy. They're just like, my girlfriend makes jokes all the time. She's always like, oh, you have so many, you have more products than I have. I said, yeah, because I'm a product whore. Don't you know what a whore is? Product whore, you know, like I'm having, I'm making love to all my oils, all my different things. I think it's important. Like for me, like when I do recharge, I lock up the house. I turn on all my Sonos in every room, which is normally I put like Cesario Avora, like beautiful music in the background. And then I just take a bath and then I come out and I layer all these oils and it's like, I don't even see the world. I just like take care of myself and I just put a robe on and lay in bed. And it's like my favorite thing to do. You know, being in your home shows the quality of sophistication that you represent, my love. I love coming to visit you. I love your decor. I love your style, your grace, the way you carry yourself, the way you dress, the how you care for your animals. I mean, there's so much true 
enduring love and care and support. And I think that people could learn a lot from you when it comes to really living that fabulous, because I call fabulousness, you don't have to have a huge mansion to live a fabulous life. You can have a home, but you it's the love and care that you put into it that matters to me. When I lived in Italy, especially when I lived in Sardinia and when I lived in Rome, I, you know, I had a flat, but my flat was very done in a beautiful way where people came and they felt such a breath of fresh air. And that's what you represent. And that's why I respect you because I've always, from the day that I met you, I've always looked at you and found that sexiness. And I I call it sexiness because I feel like we have to stay sexy. Health and wellness is also a part of you acknowledging that sexy vibe and and that turn on of energy that you want to represent when someone comes to your home or drinks out of your glass or, you know, smells you. I think I'm a person when I hug people, I I don't care if you're a guy or a girl. I like to sniff you. I want to smell you. It tells me a lot about what kind of human being you are and the level of care you put into yourself. So hats off to you, buddy. I love you. Oh, you're so sweet. I have to thank my Cuban mother. She was my Virgo Cuban mother. She like really like was all about even if she didn't have the money, she always had fresh flowers. She always had a scented candle. She always took such good care of herself. And of everyone around her. So it's like, that's what I was, I kind of thank her for that. But thank you for noticing those things. Because I actually, it's just innately in my DNA. I can't help myself. I always wanted to live in a genie bottle. I used to watch I Dream a Genie as a kid. And when she would go into her little genie bottle, that's what I said to myself. My home was always going to feel like my genie bottle inside her bottle. Oh, I love that. That's <laughs> such a wonderful thing. I love I Dream a Genie. I love, and pink is my favorite color. And I love, I love when she would go in her bottle when she'd get mad yes. and she'd be like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah. And that was my favorite moment. I was like, I need to create that for myself when I grow up. Cause I would watch all the reruns over and over again. And I'd be so excited to watch her. And of course, like Bewitched, but I dream, I was, I connected more with Genie. Those are my two favorite shows. Bewitched. And I Dream a Genie. And actually, my favorite character in Bewitched was the aunt who would come and visit. <laughs> the one that couldn't cast the spells. <laughs> yeah, she would cast spells. And they were like the worst worst spells ever. And I also loved the mother who would show up and be like, oh, God, seriously, why are you with this human being, Darren? Why are you with him? <laughs> you know? uh, I just loved all her caftans. She would fly in with caftans, and I was, like, obsessed with her. Yeah, I was obsessed, obsessed. Or the, the uncle who would come in and, like, couldn't remember certain things and be like, I don't understand how I did that. And she's like, what are you doing here right now? <laughs> oh my goodness I wanted to ask you I'm, like, I'm glad that we share similar favorite shows because I some people in my office don't even know what those shows are when I bring it up but I was going to ask you like you were talking about wellness and about diet and food and I know that you have always been very keen on the diet and what you put in your body can you tell us your secret too because I'm always trying to change everything for my gut health and that's the one thing that I've always had issues with but I always like find it amazing because when I've seen you at parties and out, it's like you're very kind of you have a certain regimen for your dieting and how you eat and everything. And I always think it's so beautiful how you maintain it. And you're so strong at maintaining that. Oh, thank you. So, you know, I have done everything. I mean, there was a time where I was so overweight and I had 
Growing up as a kid, I definitely would say I was going through a yo-yo syndrome because I grew up in Hawaii in California and Hawaiian culture, you know, you're always doing these luau's. My grandfather ran a travel agency that was all about bringing the people from the mainland to Hawaii. And so we are were responsible for putting on these huge luau's all the time. And we had to like get up early in the morning and like we would make the Kahlua pig and I'd have to like make it with my uncle and then bury it in the ground with the banana leaf and like learn the hula and like, and there was always food because your aunties are always like, oh boy, so what? You're so skinny. You're like one bird. You, you know, one eats. Oh, you like, you like shrivel up. You like disappear, you know? And so, you know, your aunties are always giving you food. And one of the foods that I grew up on was poi. Since I was a little boy, I was eating poi and poi is so fattening. So I gained all this weight in my early years. And like, I mean, to the point where it was so embarrassing for me to even be in PE class because I didn't want people to see my man boobs and be like, oh my God, this guy is all overweight. And then I realized that I got tired of feeling miserable about my body and I got tired of feeling miserable about my eating and the way I, I would choose to eat. And in my home growing up, we would eat pig and steak. The pig was in Hawaii, but when we would be in the mainland, my dad would always buy prime rib or you know steak. I mean, he was just this, always about luxury eating. It was always about steak and potatoes and like, this is how he ate. And then I made a decision that I'm not going to listen to what people think I should be. I'm going to start deciding who I want to be and how I want to eat. And I tried all the trends. Like I was a raw, raw food eater for many years. And then I just didn't really jive with me. And then I was eating like three meals a day, like everyone said, and getting all your food groups. Like I remember all those commercials, like milk does a body good and all these different things. And you got to get all your food groups in. And that didn't work for me. And then I started looking into intermittent fasting and started really diving in more into looking at the cultures that took place before we were much more modernized as human beings, where we have grocery stores and supermarkets. And I realized that people in the ancient days did not eat as much. They ate a big meal. And then they would just enjoy their siestas and rest and sleep. And they would, you know, go to the beach or be in nature. And they only ate, you know, at certain intervals. They give themselves time to fast. So their body is not really hungry. And, and following that type of system and following the circadian rhythms of sleep, and all of these different things really got me to getting into intermittent fasting in, in a way that made sense that when the tribe would go hunt, they would gather the food, bring it back to the tribe, the people in the tribe would prepare it, they would all eat together, and then they would rest. They didn't go back and get more food because you couldn't, because the hunting time was at a certain time. So our body's natural rhythm is to follow that type of cycle. We're not supposed to be eating all through the day because it ruins your microbiome. It affects your gut health really bad, which affects your brain health. And it also increases high levels of sugar, which then affect your body in the way that your body's secreting from your pancreas. And you're, you're getting all this insulin in your body and your body is basically, when it can't get rid of all of that increase, 
then it messes with your metabolic rate and it basically makes you start storing fat. And I started really paying attention to that. And I started realizing that dairy created a high level of mucoid in my body. And that mucoid was limiting my immune system, my endocrine system. It was affecting my nervous system and the way that my brain health and my optimization of my body was operating. And I'm not saying, look, I go to Italy. I love me some buffalo mozzarella. I love all the cheeses in the world, but there is a balance. And so then I, you know, I started going into being an OMOD, which is one meal a day, or some days I would do two meals a day and I would keep enough fasting time in between those meals. And I wouldn't eat late at night so that my body couldn't get burn all of that carbohydrates, which is sugar, out of my system. So that way I wouldn't wake up and gain pounds because my body's now storing fat. And so I realized in life that we need more liquids in our system and we need less food in our body so that our stomach it doesn't have to keep turning on the fires to burn what we're putting in there so we can have proper digestion. Our stomach needs a rest so that it can focus on other parts of the body. So I started doing that. And ever since I did that, I started losing a lot of weight. And then I would stop doing that. And I started noticing I was gaining weight. Now, I'm not saying OMOD is right for everyone. But what we have to understand is you have to find what's right for you. And you have to look at what is your body's chemistry. So I say, instead of following all these trends, just be a conscious eater. That means that if you want to have some meat and that's what your body's asking for, have some meat. If you want to eat a salad, eat a salad. But be conscious in your eating. And I think if you become a conscious eater and stop following the trends that everyone's trying to tell you to follow, it's so confusing, by the way you're going to live a very healthy and long life. Well, I think that's the best way to look at it because I definitely have just started doing that whole intermittent fasting thing. And I, I put on like probably 10 pounds in the last year again because I'm also a yo-yo. I have three closets. I have medium, large, and extra large. And I don't tell people where those closets are. I don't get rid of clothes because I need to make sure they're all available when it does happen. <laughs> but so I just started doing the intermittent fasting probably a few weeks after I got right when I got back from Europe. And I was like, wow, I think I'm like losing weight because I'm just eating like a big meal. Like while I'm at work, I'll eat my big meal and then I will have maybe a little salad or a cup of soup or something warm right when I get home, but nothing big. And then I'm done. And I just feel more energetic. I actually feel like I have more control of my emotional health too. Absolutely. Because it affects your emotional health. Digestion affects your emotional health as well. Shaman Dirk, we're coming close to the end of this episode, but I have a rapid fire question that I ask all my guests. So are you ready for my rapid fire questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Are you a dawn or dusk? Make it juicy. uh, Make it juicy. Are you into the dawn or dusk? Which do you prefer? Uh, Dusk. First celebrity crush? Bo Duke in uh, Dukes of Hazzard. Ah, love. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Sex on the first date, yes or no? No. A scale of one to ten, how good are you at keeping a secret? Very. Tiny living, could you do it? I could if I want to. <laughs> oh, I love that answer. If you could only have one snack for the rest of your life, what would that snack be? Cheese it. Those cheese fish fishes. Yeah, I love that little bag. I love those a lot. 
How long does it take you to get ready? Less than five minutes. I used to be a model, so I used to learn how to dress really fast in my early years when I was modeling all the shows in Milan and Paris and New York. So I learned how to get dressed really fast to get back on the runway. So good. Who is your beauty icon? My beauty icon, I would say, is Audrey Hepburn because I love class, style, and grace and silliness. I mean, Breathless at Tiffany is one of my favorite movies. And I would say anyone who just really honors their beauty and their grace and their style. So I couldn't say there's one person that I look at in the world and like, oh my God. But uh, I definitely would say that a lot of the women from the old times, from the 50s. I agree. Such grace and class. I love it. Just grace and class and the way that men dressed. And, you know, that's how I treat people. Like when I walk down the street, I tip my hat. You know, I believe always opening the door for people. You know, when a woman gets up from the table, I stand up. You know, my father came out of the 1920s, so he raised me in a very old-fashioned way. And I'm not saying that I won't have sex on the first date, but it would be it would it would have to be a deep spiritual connection with the person before I would step into that arena because I don't want to just waste energy on anyone. It has to be something that's sacred and beautiful. And I also think that you know, when we think about where I look at today in culture, I feel like a lot of people have lost that, that je ne sais quoi, that beautiful essence of, of life that was so captivated in the 20s and 50s. And so I like to see that energy come back more. I would love to see that energy come back in everything, in everyone's home, in everyone's daily life. I want to see people care when they get ready to go out. Just to care. Yes. Oh, my God. You know, my model for going out. If I'm getting invited to like a party where everyone's wearing shorts, I dress more preppy, more up. If they're all preppy, I dress elegant. If they're elegant, I go avant-garde. I'm very much about style and fashion. And I love my brands. I love my Gucci. I'm not going to you know, say I don't. I love my designer bags. People always think, oh, you're a shaman. I'm supposed to walk around with a dashiki and, and, and string my mala beads. That's not me at all. I will walk around with a Tom Ford in a hot tie and smell really good and be freshly manicured and walk in the room and throw my sex on. Exactly. And I think that's why everyone is following you and loves everything you do. I love everything you do. You're an inspiration to everyone. You actually, when you're in a room, you, the energy feels always so safe and it feels so comfortable when you're in that space. So thank you for doing what you do and for actually focusing on your life to help others. Thank you for being a guest on, on my cute little new Materia. It's a Materia world talking about wellness and beauty. It's fabulous. Thank you for having me. I would do anything for you. Oh, thank you. If anyone is interested in finding Shaman Durek, he's going to give you a little bit more info about where to find him on Instagram, his website. And I actually, he does do amazing sessions for anyone that wants a great session. I have a friend that did have a session with him and she said it was so transformative. And that was so great to hear. But Shaman Dirk, tell us where we can find you. You can find me if you want to get like really great information and tips. I put up uh, content every single day for people to be able to nourish their minds and their emotions. You can do that on Instagram. 
If you want to set up an appointment with me or if you want me to speak or do anything, you can find me at shamandurek.com where you can find everything from the shaman school. You can take the quiz at the shaman school to find out what is your power element and tells you about your personality. You know, so my whole focus is about putting the power back in people's hands. So any platform I'm on um, is about making sure that you see that you're the most amazing human being on the planet and that you are well deserved to live a gorgeous, amazing life because you were created with purpose. And that purpose is that you are absolutely divine. And that's my focus. Amazing. That's, it just made me melt when you said all of that. What a great way to end this episode. That was truly a wonderful episode. I'm so thankful for having Shaman Durek on. I hope you all enjoyed it. Make sure to follow us on all of our Instagrams, which is Materie, M-A-T-E-R-I-A-E, or my personal one, which is David Prada, D-A-V-I-D-P-I-R-R-O-T-T-A. Thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you next time.